Hi there and welcome to this edition of Talking Credit, a podcast by CoCredo. I'm Dan Hancocks. I'm very lucky to be joined today by Nick King. Uh, for those that don't know Nick, would it be right in saying, Nick, that you are the International Credit Director for Agility? Uh, yeah, Director for, uh, for Credit and uh, Credit Management for Europe. Well, thank you very much for sparing the time in your in your hectic schedule. I know that you're very busy um, for not only coming on here, but also trying to share with us your uh, years of experience and, and the current situation. I'm very grateful. My pleasure. So I, I think the right thing to do is probably with, with, I can't believe that you've been in the industry for over 25 years looking so good as you do. And I'm not That's just saying 10, that. That's another 10. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got over 25 years of experience in the industry of being in the credit industry. And not only, you know, as I know you, not only from being a credit manager, but also from working in the credit insurance market. Could you just give us a, a very brief summary of your, your background, if you'd be so kind? Yeah, so um, you're right, Dan. I've been in the industry for more than 30 years. Um, started off um, as a credit controller, working for a small company at the time called um, Sandal Perkins and uh, is now known as Travis Perkins. Mm -hmm. um, started off my career there, um, worked my way up, um, became a credit manager um, and fate should have it, I ended up back at Travis Perkins as a credit director. I didn't know that. Okay. I did you not know that, yeah. So I ended up back at Travis Perkins. When I left Travis Perkins, there was four of us, uh, Sandal Perkins, there was four of us. Then they merged with Travis Arnold and became Travis Perkins. And then when I went back, there was 230 people in uh, Travis Perkins. So wow. yeah, went full circle. Um, and then um, I decided to take a little bit of time out and went and go and work on the other side of the, the fence and worked in the insurance industry, credit insurance industry. Um, but quickly came to realise that at the end of the day, I'm a credit manager. But it was a great insight. Um, I was able to see what went on in the insurance industry. Yeah. So I've now become a underwriters and a broker's worst nightmare because I know exactly what <laughs> you know the tricks yeah yeah um uh worked for a bit in Barcelona setting up a shared service center in Barcelona um and now I'm working for uh, a logistics company called Agility Logistics um and they are a uh a part of the logistics group um who are into all kinds of uh, kinds of areas but the division I work for is global integrated logistics um, and we're a, we don't just move stuff from A to B, we're a solution provider for logistics. Um, okay. So okay. we provide uh, um, warehousing, we do uh, fairs and events, and we do, we, we specialize in moving chemicals. Um, so yeah, we do move stuff from A to B, but we are, a, you know, we'll have Ministry of Defense and saying, we've got this problem here, we need to do this, and we will come up with a solution for them. So we're more than a logistics company, we call ourselves a lo logistics solution provider. So Nick, does that just cover Europe in terms of your role or? Yeah, so um, I'm a uh, um, credit, credit uh, manager um, for credit and collections or credit management for the whole of the European region. Okay. Um, I'm responsible not only for the day-to-day, -day, uh, uh, making sure people collecting cash and what have you, but I'm also order, um, for the order to cash transformation project, which um, was getting all of the European entities on, uh, on one single ERP system uh, making sure we've got the same process, procedures, um, uh, and and that we know I'm mentoring the staff, if you like, and making sure they're they're doing. We're all going in this. We're all pushing in the same direction, which we'll come on to later. It's actually paid benefits uh, um, during COVID nineteen, actually, for us as a, as a credit department. So, okay, 
And then, then am I right in thinking so as well? Because not only do you wear your day-to-day role, obviously, for, for agility, but you're also um, very um, active within uh, the ICTF, if I've said that right. right? It was yeah, I'm a great believer in, uh, you know, people who know me will know I live and breathe credit. Um, I absolutely, I think, you know, you get into credit, you either love it or you hate it. And if you yeah. hate it, you get out. But I absolutely love it. I live and breathe it. I have done ever since I kind of really started in it. Um, and I was a, a former board member and uh, um, helped put ICTF together, which is International okay. Credit and Finance. Um, but that's about kind of uh, networking and, and learning, you know, as long as I've been in the industry, I learn something every month um, from colleagues around the world. Um, so you never know everything. You you know, there's always a solution you're trying to find. And ICTF is about a network. Um, there's education as well on there. So, I, you know, I've been part of a mentoring scheme with ICTF. Uh, but I actually sit on the board and on the executive board um, and attend all their conferences. So, yeah, so heavily involved in that and, and love it. And you actually have a personal life surprise surprise <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so in terms of agility and working within the logistic solutions market the obvious question i don't want to you know spend all of our time talking about particularly covid because because of the fact that you know i feel we we are consumed by that rightly so in some respects but how have you if you don't mind me asking the question how, how have you how has the business dealt with the interruption or the distraction so, or is it maybe as, yeah as you can imagine as a business being in the logistics sector with all the borders closing and no movement um being very very tough i mean margins are very very thin in the logistics sector anyway yeah, um we probably have lost 40 to 50% of our business, if not more, um, during the COVID, just because we couldn't move stuff. Um, now, there's been stuff that we have been able to move that have been deemed important, such as PPE. We've been moving that around, um, but obviously you need to get special licenses and what have you. So as, as a logistics business, and we've done what every other sensible organisation's done, we've made you know certain cuts and uh, um, cut a cloth, really, to fit our, our business. Um, you know, it hasn't been disastrous all over our lines because we have shipped all kinds of different lines like ocean and road and, and rail and some and certain areas of the business have kept kept up and others have kept down. So you know, hopefully we're starting to see a recovery as the borders open. Certainly in country um, is, is much more, you know, we're seeing some pickup in there. But um, as we go forward and borders come down and we're yeah. able to get across, I think, uh, um, that we'll see the business pick up. But obviously it's been, it's been tough for us as a as a business um as a credit department not so much so not in europe anyway um so how is, how is your credit department made up just just so uh the credit department is made up um, of credit controllers all around europe so we have credit controllers um based in each of the countries that we deal with in okay. europe um part of uh the program that we're doing is um, we're centralising some of the back office stuff like credit risk, for example, is being centralised. Um, um, all, all the rest is in country, all the collectors are in country. Um, and I manage um, from a European view, I will set the European target and the country targets 
um, and uh, which will drive down into collector targets and we manage it through through that way but otherwise they're individual so credit controllers in france and germany and netherlands and the north and they are based within country it's not a shared service center like it was in your previous role whereby they've got no, they're, all, they're all in country they're all in country we're just gonna in the process of uh, doing some back office um, centralization like credit risk but all the collectors and that are being are based in their in their country yeah. um so you know the benefit of us going through the the central not the centralization but the uh um putting in the new erp system and doing looking at the process and procedures has actually paid us dividends in europe as we went into covid because everybody yeah. was operating the same um, you know, everybody, and we had one system. I was able to be able to look to see what people were doing, what the issues were in one system. Whereas before that, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, yeah, that's a lot different. Yeah. Um, we set targets. So in March, when we just before we went into lockdown, all countries started going into lockdown. We set our cash collection targets as we would normally do and had been doing for the last six to eight months. Um, and we said, well, we're not going to water them in April either. We'll just leave it to see where we are. Yeah. And what we found was is the guys were actually hitting their targets in March and in April and in May. Slippage was in the south, what we call the southern area, which was, as you'd expect, which is Portugal, Spain and Italy. And they started to see slippage as with companies that were closing and what have you. But, but generally across Europe, we seem to have held up our own and been able to, you know, you know, hold, hold, get the cash in that we were predicting in our cash collection targets. We made some small adjustments. We were probably overall from the beginning of the year, we were probably about five million down against our normal targets. But there again, our billings were down as well because yeah. obviously we're not doing the business. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but the targets that we were setting based on all the billings that we were having, we were reaching. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months, especially with, with the South. Um, as they're coming back, hopefully we'll start picking up on there. So what, I mean, what uh, you, would you, I suppose, two parts to this question. What is that what you expected? No. <laughs> no. And I think that's, that's important. To, the reason I answered that was sort of guided because as a business owner, myself with Co-Credo, we, you know, we, we've been really pleasantly impressed with how um, people have tried to pay. Yeah. Um, no is the, is the honest answer. Um, we made a call out in March that we wouldn't alter the target when everybody went into lockdown. Yeah. We then made a call out in April that we wouldn't we wouldn't do like reduce the targets because we wanted to say well if we were in a normal scenario how much is COVID gonna is gonna affect us because yeah. we track the targets on a weekly basis so it gave us an idea um, so it was a surprise when we went into to May that you know we'd realised in April we'd hit our targets so again we didn't make the adjustments in May really it was all based on the on the on the billings that we were doing so yeah it, it was a surprise if I'm honest with you and uh, what do you you know we've not none of us got a crystal ball but based upon your experience and in credit management which arguably you know we've not experienced a pandemic before um, but you know sat here in July do you have any any estimations, any forecasts about what you think will happen? Maybe, like you say, broken down by southern and other regions. Yeah, I think um, I think we're going to go into a recession. Um, so what, globally, or, or yeah, I think so globally, okay. certainly globally. Um, I just think you know, as we come out, as companies come back, you know, people are not going to be so patient. 
Um, there's certain things in place to protect companies about paying and giving them, um, you know, time to pay and what have you. But that's that's going to wear thin because at the end of the day, everybody's chasing cash and there's only so much cash in it. Um, so people's patience with that is going to start, or companies' patience is going to start to to reduce. Yeah, I've heard it. Unfortunately, I think we have very short memories. Yeah, right? I think come January next year when. You know, we all hope there's a vaccine in place and such social distancing is starting to, to wane away. People forget that we had a pandemic, you know, in March yes. of the previous year. And, and consequently, I think um, people won't be so patient on. And I think we'll start seeing a lot of companies going under and going bust. Um, so, you know, that's something I've got on my, you know, on, uh, on my plans. And what am I going to do? And how am I going to make sure that my guys sitting in Europe trying to watch that and, and and keep an eye on it and start seeing the signs and you know how are we going to manage that i think my belief now i mean it's a horrible thing to say but i believe now that this is the next two years is where credit managers will come into their own you know okay. when we're in good times people forget about us and we're backseat and we're you know we're maybe a, a minor tool to do business with but we're not important to the business what i found with this whole pandemic is actually we have become in our own, and I'm not just talking within agility, you know, colleagues I've talked to in the marketplace. Yeah. You know, for the first time ever, the CEO and the CFO have been able to find the credit manager's telephone number and give them a call. <laughs> Funny that. Right? So I think we've come into our own. It's about a matter of holding our own. Um, and I think, you know, this is where the good, true professional credit manager will come in into their fore in the next two years as they... You know, as the world goes into recession, those that are uh, being on top of their game, yes, I'm not saying that people won't get bad debts, but it's how, how you can limit that impact or how you're advising the business, you know, about what business you're taking and what collections you're doing and you know, working with customers, you know, and I believe those, those companies that work with customers during the pandemic, hopefully those customers will stay loyal, um, um, yeah. but there will be others that go under. So, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for the credit credit forum as a whole to come into the own in the next two years is my belief so i know that you're very passionate about mentoring not not only from a from your team's basis but also you know outwardly as well nick so i know i don't want to throw you under the bus i've not not, not spoke to you about this before but you know what makes a good credit manager you know you're, you're talking about the, the the good tools that they would they would use i would hope that credit reports as being you know a provider is one of the strings to those bows but i'm not looking at it as a sales pitch you know what, what else is there i think um be doing a good credit manager um is by experience i think you know you've been at the coal face um you've done the job you've been a collector but you've also been through the you know most of us have got scars through something yeah. or other yeah um knowledge uh, networking i think is very important you know we don't all know the answers why do share those best practices you can share experiences with other experiences, people you know, you know ictf is great if you end up with a problem in collecting in bakuna faso for example there's somebody out there that's experienced it you know you know if i think about the middle east i know people who will be able to help me collect in the middle east um you know and, and that can't you know so i think a good credit manager has a good network um not just in you know just in collections but with lawyers and collection agencies and insurance and, and understanding their whole pitch and i think um a good credit manager is only as good as the team that he got working for them 
So I think, you know, you have to have a good team. You have to, uh, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm into mentoring. I love mentoring. Um, and, you know, you've got good collectors in, then, then you're, you're a good credit manager. And you have to need to provide the tool. You have to have the right tools as well. Um, and you have to have the support from your organisation who understand, understand credit. I don't think there's any one or two things that says you're a good credit manager. I think it's a combination of yeah. a lot of things. And I think, you know, some people are sitting out there screaming and saying, oh, Nick, what about this? What about that? Yeah, there's, there's 101 things. I think if we sat in a room for a day with yeah. three or four credit managers, we'd come up with a thousand different things that we would all think makes a good credit manager. Yeah. But I would say networking for sure and understanding your own business, understanding the process from end to end. From your billing through to your collections yeah okay so in terms of um your team what what has been the impact you know you said that um the cash collection has been above your expectations um i think that's across the board i've heard that numerous times and also i've experienced it myself you know what what um how has your credit team been affected because I, I appreciate the fact that there'll be some people that maybe are watching or listening to this that feel m maybe you know are they the only ones to experience it so they may experience the same things that you're doing or they may not be doing the things that you're doing and therefore actually to hear your experience from a mentoring aspect they actually go that's really useful actually I'm going to start to do that what, what can we do to, to, so, to that? so in the early days when all the countries went into lockdown, I think it was, you know, and people were never used to working from home. Most of the credit, credit controllers and even credit managers to some extent were work, used to working in an office. And now all of a sudden, you know, it, for those who haven't worked from home, it, it's a skill really that you have to, you know, if you're not careful, you either become, oh, well, I'm not going to start till 10 or I start at eight and I don't finish till 10. You know, so it's about managing the time. Yeah. So in the early days, um, I made sure I was connecting with the credit managers, you know, making sure that everybody had what they needed as far as computers and connectivity were. And then what I asked all of my credit managers to do was to hold a virtual coffee morning every day. So it's a 15 minute, how you doing? What's the pro? You know, got any problems with everybody, with everybody in the team. I offered myself up to reach of the credit managers if they wanted me to attend to support. Uh, um, none of them took me up on it, which I'm hoping is a good sign, not a bad sign that they didn't want me there, but a good sign that, you know, and I, and, you know, obviously I have a review with the credit managers on a monthly basis anyway. So I always ask how their teams are doing and what have you. And I think it was very interesting how quickly people picked up and got used to working from home. And the fact that we had a, a you know, a system that people, you know, that the credit manager could look at when they're talking to their credit controller also helps really um you know, some people i think cope better than others agility as a whole had uh, a number of um, mental well-being programs and videos that they offered out both to managers and uh, well not just to managers but across the group that you could dial into that you know it was all done on zoom that tried to, to you know how do i cope working from home you know now, I'm used to talking to somebody, especially if you're somebody who lives on your own and now you're working from home and you don't have that interaction of people in the office. So Agility has been really, really good in providing the tools to, to cope with people's well-being. Um, and yeah, just keeping close to our team really. Again, I don't think there's a silver bullet. Um, I think we all found our own way, really. I think it's sometimes so difficult, isn't it, working from home, that you don't have that, 
that sharing of experience to a certain extent. You have to make a phone call. You have to have a, you have to, it doesn't happen by, not fluke is maybe not the right word, but you know where you'd, you'd have a conversation with someone because you sat next to them and you say, you know, okay, oh, we just had this happened and, oh, well, actually this, this, actually, you know, have you tried this or whatever? You have to make more of an effort. Yeah, on, on the actually, topic, right? yeah exactly, exactly. And, you know, if you're talking to your partner or whatever in the room and saying, oh, this happened and they don't work in the credit industry, they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you don't, but, I've never, no, I've not heard anybody mention that. So that's another good point. Nick, in the fact yeah, that so you're normally you know, something will happen and you talk to your colleague next year and you know situation happened on the phone call you try and do that to a partner who doesn't work in the credit industry or worked in collections they have no idea and they can't support you or comment or yeah. anything like that so Thank you know so those were the type of things we try to encourage people to talk about on the virtual coffees you know um in Travis Perkins we called it the morning board but we'd implemented that you know as part of the the CICMQ program but uh no zoom i think you know definitely um ways of working will change as we go forward what that's going to look like i don't know i think there will be more opportunities for people to work from home yeah um you know people are not going to get upset now if they say well you know something's going on at home i don't really want to take a day's holiday now um they can actually say well i can work from home today yeah um, yeah as you said, you've got the decorators here, decorators, painting decorators here. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you may want to be able to do that. I think, you know, I think the whole world, you know, not just credit, I think the whole world is going to change. It's just, what does that look like when we're out of it? Right? Yeah. I think, you know, this from, from, you know, from, from my business point of view, I think, you know, all of us were maybe thrown in and I'm talking, you know, probably a lot of other people, we were thrown into this, quite quickly weren't we and we were thrown into it on a what we we hoped would be a temporary basis and a lot of people have set up on a temporary basis you know the reason why i've got the builders in at the minute is that they're, they're making some changes to the garage so that i can so that you know i can i can work much more on a permanent basis in that basis so i think i think that you know there's i mean i look at my own job yeah. if you know you know dan i traveled a lot before the yes. COVID. i was always on the road and what this has proved to me is that not everything need, I need, need to be face to face in the building all the time, going from country to country. Yeah. I can do majority over Zoom. So I think, you know, um, don't get me wrong, I love my travel, so I'll be disappointed. But from a company perspective, I don't need to travel all the time. Yes, there is certain things, and you know, getting to the getting to this point now, there is certain tasks that I'm trying to do that that you just can't do on Zoom. You have to be present. You have to be there. But I think, and as we go into next year. I reckon my travel budget will be cut by 50%. Personally. What about on a collections basis? I've not heard any, from anything I've seen, I've not heard this question answered. What, I mean, are from a collections basis, is Zoom being used? Is video, you know, I've, I've heard from a sales point of view, I, will, I don't need to go and see that customer five times a year, four times a year. I'll go and see them once because it's, the, you know, the, the, the human touch, seeing someone in the whites of their eyes, having that, connection even if it's social distance is important but we can regulate that by saying well three out of four times i'm going to do a zoom call i've not heard it from the other side of it what about yeah, I, I think um, um i think it's 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 bought on its own whereas before maybe as a credit manager or as a credit you know a senior credit person or credit risk you may only go and see those key accounts or the ones with yeah. high credit limits or the ones who are in real trouble yes, yeah. um 
you know, because there's only, you know, so much traveling you can do and what yeah. have you. Now you've got the opportunity of connecting with people in businesses who maybe you didn't reach before yeah. um, because they weren't that, you know, I'm not saying they weren't that important, but they weren't high enough up of importance to be yeah, able to go and jump in a car and travel for three hours. Yeah. Now there's no excuse. You, you know, and people are used to Zoom. So whereas maybe before in a company, you were used to doing video and conferencing, but your, you know, your small one-man band wasn't used to that. Now they would be because they've probably done family Zoom calls during the COVID, you know. So they won't be disrupted or upset if you say, Do you know what, I'd really like to connect with you, but instead of me coming and wasting two hours of your time and you having to take me out to lunch or whatever, <laughs> then I'll do it by Zoom call. And invite other people in to that. Um, and then next time, you know, you know, we'll come and I'll take you out to lunch. But I think there's more an opportunity now to connect with more of your customers on a, on a collections and credit basis than there ever was before. And do you think, do you think, you know, if someone was to, if one of my suppliers was to call me and say, and I'm thinking as I'm saying this, um, cause I haven't had any of one of my suppliers ask me for, have I? No, I don't think I have. Not one supplier has contacted me to have a zoom call. I don't know mass. I don't, you know, I don't own money, but if it becomes an awkward situation whereby I'm not paying you, Nick, should we should we expect to have a Zoom call with them? I think I think you have to buy what relationships you have with those customers. Yeah. Uh, you know whether you think a Zoom call is going to be accepted and whether they would, you know, get uptight about it, and whether you would achieve what you want to achieve. You know, you have to look at it from both sides. You have to look at yeah. it from your own side. And you have to look at it from the customer side. I think every situation is different. I think there'll be some calls where you can ring up and say, look, I see you haven't paid us, you know, or they've rang you and said, I've got um, cash flow difficulty. Rather than going out and seeing it, you can, you know, don't forget you can share screens. So, you know, mm. going and saying, I want to look at your accounts, you don't need to go there and look at their accounts. Yeah. You can ask them to share them on screen with you. Yeah. Um, and so you can, do all the things you would do that you would go there. Um, but again, you know, you probably wouldn't do it for a multi-million pound company that you're dealing with. You may be doing it on the smaller end. So I or think every sticky conversation, if it's can't pay, won't pay. And maybe, maybe it's um, the first conversation is via Zoom, right? And if, you know, as a good credit person, I think maybe this is a new opportunity yeah. and something... ICTF and CICM and all the others should think about is how do you conduct a collections call via Zoom, right? And when do you know it's time to actually, you know what, this is not appropriate anymore to carry this conversation on through yeah. Zoom. I need to be able to get in my car and go down and see that customer. Or you have a voice call or something that's not so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that, I think there's a place and I think certainly, you know, the first call, Depending on how that calls goes, it's like, you know what, it's not appropriate to have a Zoom call anymore. I need to get off and go down and see see the customer. Is it harder to say no to someone face to face than it is over the phone? I would yeah. say yes. So and that's why you know, I always used to encourage all of my credit team and credit staff. And you know, my belief a good credit manager is what going back to what is a good credit manager. A good credit manager is somebody who is not just sitting behind their desk and going, yes, no, and where's your money? There's somebody yeah. gets off their bum and goes and sees their customers. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I think, I, I think you know, that face to face, it's a, you know, what I say to the guys is, if you're picking up that phone and chasing for money, if they've met you, they will put your face in their mind's eye, right? As if you're sitting in front of them. And it's a lot harder for them to say no in the future if they've met you than it is if they've never met you because they just put their own picture in there. And, you know, you're not personal to them. Yeah, um, you know, so I encourage credit controllers and credit managers to go out and see your customers. And it may only, you may only have to do it once. And it's, you know, you're not necessarily seeing the owner of the business or seeing you, you're seeing the person who authorizes or who makes sure that your payment is going to be paid. You know, go meet them, buy them a coffee, understand them, you know, when their birthday is and all the rest of it. Become a personal, no, not too close, but become personal with them. Mm. So it becomes harder for them to say no, or they become honest with you. Yeah, oh, and you understand the situation, yeah. I can't pay you because we've got a cash flow problem. Yeah. Right. Well, then um, we, they, we, they're more likely to pay you or be honest with you over somebody they've never met. So, so when people now feel anxious about going out to people's, or it's not allowed to go out to people's um, to companies because of the guidelines, and that may well get worse as we, yeah. we go into the latter part of the year, would it be fair to say that, you know, that you're you would encourage the fact that they on a first call basis at least try and see your customers and have that relationship by at least having some sort of virtual call yep and you know why don't you put it on you know put it on your documentation or your letters or your email you know here's my zoom details or if you wish to talk to me i will be available by zoom or yeah. microsoft meetings or whatever it is your company use why don't you put that on the bottom of the documentation so the customer knows that actually do you know what that's not a bad idea i'll I'll, I'll, rather than ringing Nick on phone, I'll ask him if I can have a quick meeting with him or a face-to-face on on Zoom. Or, yeah, and share screens and share show screen. the backup. And, yeah. It becomes more personable, I think. Yeah. Collections become more I think you know, the habit of collections will change in, in the future going forward. And who knows, in collection software, you might even see the link to, to Zoom with somebody from their account. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, with technology, things seem to be moving forward at a hugely faster pace than ever before because of necessity and i think things that have from an it point of view that have maybe sometimes been um diarized to be introduced over the next two years all of a sudden from a necessity basis have been done in two months so it's shown that there's the speed there to do it based upon priority and change so maybe we will see things like that fairly quickly yeah and of course i was talking from a business to business point of view i wasn't talking from a business to consumer i think yeah. You know, I've never worked in that field, or I've touched on it, and I think that's that's a different, you know, a different conversation. And you'd yeah. have to talk to somebody who works in the the consumer field um, whether zooming is appropriate. Oh, probably yeah. not, and it may maybe under data protection is not allowed. Um, but I'm talking business, uh, yeah. you know, business to business. Way of doing things, yeah, absolutely. So okay, so over this whole time. You know, you, 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 with the wealth of experience that you have, is there anything that, not that you've done wrong, but is there any lessons that you've learned, particularly over the last three, four months? I think we're what 110 days into it, where we stand, stand today. Is there anything, any lessons that you would say, or you would be happy to share with the viewers and listeners that you go, I, I've learned to do that a bit differently. Obviously, Zoom calls. Yeah, Zoom calls. I've, you know, I thought I was a good communicator with my team. Right. Um, 
but I realized that maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. So I improved my communication frequency. Okay. So, you know, so whereas I might have only done month to month because it was a review and I just kept it to a review and I didn't do anything else. What I realized was that hours call that I had down for my ledger review was only ever enough to do the ledger review. It yeah. wasn't ever enough to ask how people were doing or what were they doing differently. And so I increased my frequency. I didn't just keep it to a month, like, you know, every two weeks or, and again, adapted to, you know, people don't want you on their back all the time, especially on Zoom calls and what have you. They don't want you to keep ringing. I don't want to you know, ring you every day. So you need to adapt. And, uh, and I needed to work out that you know, they needed more support okay. than they did. So it was learning about who needed to be communicated with more regularly, who was happy to stay the same, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and who didn't want it at all, really. I suppose just whilst they're at work, Nick, not, not, not to interrupt, whilst they're at work, they've got that go-to, but you don't know what their personal situations are. They might not have a garden that they can go and, you know, yeah. you know they might be, have, have someone in the family that is, is unwell, or, and these are different conditions now at home that wouldn't have maybe normally affected it in the office. Is that... And the fact that what we were saying earlier, you don't have that colleague next to you to talk to and yeah. just to bounce things off. So, you know, um, and also communication upwards. You know, again, I always thought I was pretty good at communicating to my bosses and tell them what was going on. But, you know, they were nervous about what was going on around cash collections and bad debts and COVID-19. And, and I found they were pinging me stuff every day. And, and and that became a distraction. So what I agreed was is I would update them at the end of every week and we would agree a certain headings that we would do and then anything else that was above and beyond that. So so you know I, I do that. Um okay. and and managing managing my time better. I think uh um that was a big learning for me, really. Um, in, what, in what way? So how how have you adapted? Because I mean I appreciate the fact that the you know, if you don't mind me saying, you know, I'm exactly the same. Now the school runs involved where it wasn't before, and and stuff like that. How, how have you have you had to be flexible? What's how have you have you have you improved? so so appreciating that you know um, you have to take a lunch break, right? And you have oh, to have okay. the fact that you work from your home. The danger is it will slip into your home life, your work life. Mm. And so you have to say at five o'clock or whatever you've decided depending on your circumstances your conference calls you have to have a point in the ground where you say seven o'clock at night six o'clock at night i'm done with work i'm switching off no matter what and i'm going to go and do my home because all you're doing is moving maybe from this chair into the yeah. side, right? um you're not going down the road you're not moving you know in the old days i would leave the office and i'd go home and i'd still keep an eye on emails on my phone and what have you and 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 now you've got to you're not careful is oh actually i don't need to keep an eye on my phone i do them on my laptop and what you find is you end up answering everything and yeah. doing everything and you're working till midnight so um it was that's what i mean about managing managing time um and, and managing managing emails not trying to respond to everything all the time yeah. have, you, have you given your the other side of that and so have you given your team more trust more, more more flexibility to to rather than working nine to five or are they expected to work nine to five i mean what how, how just interested to see what, um well you know my my direct team are, are pretty good anyway so i've kind of given them they can do, you know work what they like okay 
As long as they get the job done, as long as they and do. That's where I come from. You know, here's the job. You know what your goals are. You know what the activities. You know your timelines. Yeah. If that means you work till midnight to achieve it, then that's down to you. But at the same time, if you need to take a day off, or you need to start later, you know, as long as you achieve the goals. For the teams further down, the credit managers and the collectors, they don't directly report into me because they report into their yeah. local finance director. So, um, again. If they're not collecting the cash, then I'll be questioning them at the on their on their monthly calls, but also yeah. I'll be questioning their bosses. So I guess I've left it down to them to manage their yeah, own teams. You don't get you, don't, you know, I think that's that's uh that's really nice to hear as well, because like you said, you're not micromanaging, you're not you're allowing them to manage their team in the way that they see fit, knowing their team, rather than saying, yeah. right, this is across the board, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, but Bob in this country, he's, he's struggling a little bit more. Well, that's not on. That's not what we've agreed. You know, you're mm -hmm. allowing that, that flexibility. But also, I've got the systems as well. So I can see where the people's calls are being. So the system, where if you don't do something, it calls timeout. So on the screen, it'll say timeout, which means the system has timed it out because you haven't done something within the strategy that we've set. Right. So okay. you can then address that rather than ring the individual up, I'd ring the credit manager up and say, look, I noticed that Bobby, for example, is all our calls seem to be timing out. So is she not making phone calls or, you know, what's the situation? Yeah. And then it's up to them to manage that situation, especially if they weren't reaching target. I like, I like the way you did that, though. You probably didn't even realise you did it that way. But you're calling to find out what the situation is rather than making an assumption. Correct. I think that's kind of a good manager. You know, yeah, you yeah. ring up and say... I think that uh, maybe that's, that's also a learning, really, is you don't... You've learned not to make assumptions, right? You've, you've, your first call is to find, find out what's going on um, rather than just assuming someone's not doing their job. Yeah, exactly. Which is, is you know, I was on a GDPR um, call presentation and it was, I found it really interesting because it, it, it took on some new perspectives that I'd not thought about. And, um, it, you know, you, you have got to... Um, you have got to, to look at it from all different angles and... and understand what the right way is to, to deal with it going forward um, because it might be a technology issue. Yeah, but what it has done for me, I think, is it's highlighted, I'm just trying to think of the word, trying to be diplomatic, but maybe I can't. It's, it's highlighted those who are really good at their job and those who are lazy, right? And, and is, it, is it because they're lazy or is it because, you know, they, they're lacking the training? But so they've got distracted at home or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of made me think about you know what training I need to give, um, but also highlighted the people who I thought were good that have proved that they're not. Is when we come out of this and we move forward, is to keep an eye on those. And you know, any of my team watching this will, oh God, you know, Nick's going to keep an eye on us. No, that's not that's not what I'll be doing. No, in a good way. Yeah, you know, I I want to be able to provide the training that they need, and then from there, if they don't, then their ideas up then we have a different conversation <laughs> yeah i mean I, I always say to my team i can't do anything unless i know know about it so you know if you don't talk to me if you don't tell me what's going on then i can't help but then once you've passed it on to me it's my responsibility then because if i if i had to choose not to do anything with it that's my fault not yours but if you don't tell me what's going on i can't do anything about it that's your fault yeah correct i think the biggest also one of the biggest kind of things I've missed during this is the conferences because we haven't been able to do conferences. I know people have done uh, Zoom virtual conferences. It's not quite the same.
goes back to the networking thing again you know ictf have ended up casting their conferences both here in europe and in americas and that's tough because there's people you see on a yearly you don't see from one year to the next uh, um, and the educate but they you know they've tried to plug the gap with different things as as has the cicm but yeah. nothing warrants of being in the same room as as your colleagues right and touching flesh as they say absolutely yeah but i, I worry Nick, maybe I shouldn't be saying this as well. Um, you know, we do quite a lot with the AICDP as well. You know, another good, another good one. And and I worry a little bit that it's been really open and, and transparent. I worry that higher up the chain, um, budgets and are, are going to be looked at, and you know, there's a, there's a leaning of businesses. And I worry that the importance isn't going to be given to those networking in reality, not virtually, as it maybe has in the past so actually the strength of getting on a plane and going to i don't know hamburg then someone says well why can't you do that on, on, on a virtual call why can't you so i think you know i worry about it because i know the power of it yeah i think um i think you could write it off this year you know if you were to go even if we come out of covid and all the borders come down in october yeah and um, you went in and say Hey boss, I want to go to this conference in Florida, or I want to go to this com- conference in Prague, and yeah. it's all the one I've always gone to. And they're going to go, well, uh, we lost fifty percent of our business. You know, it's not just a conference; it's the hotel and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. So I think this year you can forget about that. And then it goes back to the point I think about credit managers being in their own and understanding the importance of networking and conferencing. You know, conferences. There's all you know you have to look at the content of the conference right um but and also the people that the people that go to them but you know it's about a good credit manager selling you know you want me to do a good job but i need i can't do this on my own i need to connect with my peers and i need to find out and you know i would argue the fact that it's even more important next year to learn what people and how people have suffered and how people have overcome the issues during this pandemic and and possibly the recession that's that's about to hit us yeah. and you you do that you know it's amazing what comes out of a coffee break at a conference that doesn't come out in the room of the conference right so, yeah um so i i would say it's more important next year to be attending such networking events to make sure that you're ahead of the, a good credit manager is ahead of the game there you go there's a good bit of advice okay so the mini budget as it has been been called you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Firstly, does it does it have any impact upon you, you and your business? I expect not, but I might be wrong. And what, what is your general thoughts on it, just because it's quite topical? Um, I can't speak whether it has an impact on the business. I guess uh, some things will, some things won't. Um, not close enough to the further up the chain about what yeah. people are doing, bearing in mind each country manages their own, their own issues. Um, we have a small, you know, a small operation in the UK. But bearing in mind, you know, we're a European, so each country is different. So it depends what their budgets are doing. I like to to be positive. I know you do as well. You're an incredibly positive mentor. Let's leave leave this on a positive basis. Is there positive signs that or, or estimations that you can foresee going forward for the new normal? The Zoom calls and, and that sort of thing, the fact we'll be able to do that. You've mentioned that earlier. Um, is there... Is there I think technology are coming right. to its fore. I think yes. people are, more people are look at technology um, on the basis that they, you know, they know people can work from home. 
um, but you need to give them the tools to do that. So I think technology will, will come into its form, maybe improve collection systems, you know, integrating credit reports into ERP systems. You know, I think that that, that will come into as well. As you said, Zoom calls. Um, I think technology is the big one I, I see going forward. I know you said before, not to answer the question for you, but I know you said before the fact that the, the credit managers will come into their own. They'll be given more importance in the business. Is that? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think, no, no, I hope so. I think they will. You know, I've seen it before in, in when we were in the financial crisis. The, the struggle is then keeping that momentum right and keeping that. Okay. You know, once we come through it again, as I said, people have short memories. and Yeah, and then they drive sales and... Once they're, once they're through it, then the credit take a back seat again, you know, so, um, so yeah, technology, um, and I think, uh, you know, flexibility, you know, it's not about people having to work from the office and be there nine to five, you know, I think people can start, you know, looking at, at their mixture of, of people they have in working for them, you know, so, you know, whereas before it was always about a full-time FTE, well, maybe, you don't need that anymore maybe you can get away with you know twice as many half uh, part-timers who can work from home you know or people who can i think that you know people will be looking and i'll be surprised if they're not of of the the the, the structures and and how people work right? now that, be some... that's really positive you know i think there's sometimes where people can't get jobs because they can't do the hours you know, I've certainly, as an employer myself, of, of a number of part-time people, I would say, and it's not to put anybody down in a full-time position, but I would say that someone that comes in and does three or four hours and then leaves is focused, you know, it's like, you know, variety of being the spice of life. You know, they come in, they do it, they leave. Whereas someone who, and I would do the same, is in a full-time position and is working all day, you need to have those breaks. Yeah, but also, I think, I think... Um... Whereas somebody who, who says, oh, yeah, I can only work part-time because I've got childcare or I need to pick up my... Now what happens is you can say, well, on those days, actually, you can work at home. And what you'll find is rather than saying, I only want to work three hours or four hours, mm. I can actually work five hours because it means I can leave my desk from home, go around the corner. I don't have to go half an hour and catch yeah, the yeah. from work and what have you, and therefore my hour. So I think those part-timers' hours can be stretched because people can work from home yeah and also when i was on a call with recruitment um aspect to it um early this week and not once did i hear and it's not to be disrespectful to anybody on the call but not once did i hear anybody say actually as an employer it means that we can employ that person from manchester even though we're in london because they're not having to travel yep there's a lot more 100% for 100% home roles coming that opens up the avenues to them, doesn't it? And the fact that actually I can go for that job that I never could do because of the fact that I'd have to relocate to. Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, as people rethink, I think we will see completely different, different ways of working and different opportunities. I think, you know, yeah. as much as it's been as a, you know, a catastrophe this COVID I think there's going to be some positives that, that, that come out of it um, you know that people would never have dreamt or even brought up in conversations or at boardrooms before and now people are going to go what about this you know have we thought about this um, yeah. and well, obviously at the end of the day there's savings <laughs> you know but it's all about productivity as well yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah. well Nick thank you very much I, I, I've learned you know a lot um, um i'm not just saying that i think that to, to look from a, 
a credit management point of view, not necessarily at the experience of a, of a business, but actually to, to delve down a little bit into detail about how your teams work and the, and the, the wealth of your experience has been really eye-opening. And, and I hope that people listening, um, you know, get something out of it. Um, so thank you very much for giving your time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and I hope people find it interesting. All right. All right. Well, for those listening and, and those that are um, maybe watching via YouTube, I hope you stay safe. Um, we'll no doubt have a few more of these Talking Credit uh, podcasts going forward. So please subscribe um, so that you get notifications and we'll look forward to bringing you more great content in the future. Take care, Nick. Cheers. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Thank you.